Bokatov, my dimitsuncha. Today's staff is that Yud Aleph and Sot, as we learned for a four shlemer for our Kiva Ben Chai Rachel. We're about 12, 13 lines down on the page for Chemin Yeratova. The discussion is, of course, about Mita Kenegan Mita, that God pays back bad for bad and bad for evil and good for good. And that's what we started talking about uh, for Miriam, that Miriam uh, waited for Moshe to see what would happen to him, and therefore Ben Israel waited for her. So the Gemara says, How can you compare um, when uh, Miriam's waiting for Moshe versus we're waiting for her in the Midbar seven days? She waited for Moshe. You know, she says she waited to see what would happen with Moshe in his little crib, in his basket in the, in the water. Uh, there, it was for an hour or two she was waiting there. We waited for seven days. So it's not the same. We talked about how God pays back everything, whatever the Sota did, whatever happened with Avshalom, whatever with all the other people that were quoted, that we talked about, um, that uh, all the people throughout history that did something bad, God paid them exactly in kind. Here it's not in kind. God paid back even more. We waited seven days for it, not just an hour. Okay, so as we have this often in Shasta, Baya says, well, change it, change it. It doesn't, we don't read it as Tova. Uh, the same, rather, in the Anatova, it's not the same. For, God, for good, God pays back even more. Bad, he pays back the same thing, uh, this, the same, the equivalent. But for good, he pays back even more. But you really can't change it. This is the same discussion of Bayat and Rabbah have throughout. That uh, uh, Rabbah says you can't just change the words. It says, it's not a question of low or Cain. It says, <laughs> what are you going to do with Bechain? You can't just take that out. He says, like, it, you, have, you have to change several words to change the meaning of the Mishnah. Uh, so therefore, you can't just say it's not the same, that when it comes to good, he pays back a different amount. For bad, he pays back the same amount. For good, he pays back a, a different amount. That's not the Lashon of Bechain. Bechain sounds like it's the same. Elam Rava. That's what he means. Bechain Yemetova. It, yes, it means for, that he pays back good for good, but not in the same amount. The Ba'osamida pays back in the same context, and it's in the same way, the same discussion that she waited, so we also waited. But it's not the same, not the exact same amount of waiting. In other words, we say means God pays back in kind the same kind of thing. What you did, God will pay you back the same way, but even more. When it comes to good, when it comes to bad, it'll pay you back exactly measure for measure. When it comes to good, he'll pay back in the same manner, but he'll even he'll even uh, uh, you know grace you and shower you with even more than you you did good. So she waited an hour or two. We waited seven days for her. But the mitotova, the measure of good, is greater than the measure of bad. Bad is equal. Good is even more. Pasuk says, She waited for far. It's really talking about God. It's the simple translation is that she waited from far away. But all this lashon is really talking about God. What do you mean? Hashem stood there. So means, so to speak, God had His eyes upon what was going on with Moshe. The source of chachma is from God. So again, when it says we're referring to God. God stood there. Um, uh, but, but, you are my sister is referring to God from far God appeared to me so again is also a lotion of God 
Ladas to know the Kikel Deos Hashem. God is a God of knowledge. So again, Deo is refer Ladas refers to God. Ma Ladas Mayikrolo Ma Dechsev Marshem Olkem Shachar Shomich. What does God want from you? Yehasa Dechsev Ki Lo Yasa Hashem Olkem Davar. God won't do anything in that context there that it says in Amos. But again, yes, sir, first to God. Lo, dechsev, lo, Hashem Shalom. He called him Hashem Shalom. So here again, all the words in that Pasuk really refer to God. It wasn't simply Miriam standing there, but God was also standing there. Of course, God is all, all over, but here he's talking that specifically God has put his eyes on him. A new king arose. Famous machlok is Rabbi Shmuel that Rashi brings down in the Chumash. Rabbi Shmuel, a new king arose in Egypt. No, he had new decrees. It was the same same king with new decrees. Manda Machadash, the one who says he was a new king, the Chsiv says Chadash, says he's a new king. Manda Machadash, the one who says, no, that he wasn't a new king. He was simply an old king who made himself like he didn't know the Jews and put down new decrees there. Why does he say that? The It doesn't say that the previous king died and, uh, and a new king was appointed. It doesn't mention anything about the king. Usually it says this king died and they put a new king in his place. It doesn't say that. So therefore, when it says Vayakum Mel it just means the same king with new with new decrees. Ashaliyarasi Yosef, the Have Dami Kamandala Yadalaikla. He acted as if he didn't know Yosef at all. That's how that's how things are in politics, right? But Yomar Alamo, and he said to his nation, Hine Ambana Israel, behold the Jewish people here, Tana, who is Khabaisa He started with the bad ideas or the bad advice, the bad plans. Therefore, he was smitten first. Who is Khilbaisa Khila? He started with the bad ideas, the bad. Uh, plans. He told his nation, he told his nation, this Jewish people, let's let's go attack them. Uh, they're going to get bigger and smarter than us, so we'll kill their firstborn. Therefore, because he started the whole plan, it wasn't like where Haman came up with the plan, right? Here, the king himself came up with the plan. Therefore, he was smitten first. When, this, when the plagues are going to come, who are they going to come but to you and to your nation and all your servants? Let's outsmart them. Let's be smarter than them. Let's, be, let's outsmart their savior, meaning God. Let's outsmart him. I know that they're God, the God of the Jews. But man, how can, how, can we, um, how can we judge or how can we deal with the Jewish people? If we if we burn them, let's put them in fire, take the firstborn and put them in fire. Sifki Nashem, God can come in fire. So their God, I know, can come in fire. Let's not, uh, let's not start with fire with them because he can come back with fire with us. Sifki Nashem, Hashem Nishba, Hashem will be judged with, Hashem uh, Nishba, Hashem will judge the uh, people with fire. Bacherab, let's, let's, let's maybe take the sword to these uh, Jewish babies. Sifki Bacherab was called Basar. So therefore, we know. I don't want to. Let's let's outsmart him. Let's something. Let's do something that he can't counter with. If we if we kill them with fire or with swords, they'll he'll take revenge on us. Let's put them in water. Why did he throw? Why did he drown the, the Jewish babies? He's not going to bring another marble. So we know he's not going to bring a. a we're not going to have a flood here because um, he already promised that he's not going to bring a flood. That I swore that I'm not going to have, uh, I'm not going to bring a flood to the world. And the, and the Egyptians who tried to outsmart the Jewish and the Jewish God, they didn't know. Maybe God just swore that He's not going to 
flood the entire world, but on one nation he could. So therefore, that was a, it wasn't a smart plan. Um, or maybe Inami, or you could say, who ain't maybe he didn't bring him a flood of Ohain Bonim and Ophlatovo. He didn't bring a flood, they went and jumped into the water. The Hanuman says, Mitzrayim Nasimikra. So they fleed towards the Red Sea, right? They they ran into the Red Sea. Of course, they thought they were gonna get out the other side, but they came into the sea themselves. God didn't flood them, they came into the water. So behind them, Rablazar might have said, Kiva Dava when Yisra was praising the Jewish people and God because. He said that, look, you know, the thing that they planned against the Jewish people, putting them in the water, they themselves drowned in the water. He went up with the same thing, I showed up with the same thing that they had a bad plan to destroy the Jews. That's what happened to them. How does he, how does Rebelozer explain that? That possibly, in the pot in which they cooked, they themselves were cooked. They themselves got cooked in the pot that they were cooking. Why does he give that example? How do you see that the uh, lotion of Kiva Zado Asha Zado Olam is a lotion of Kedera of a cooked pot? The Siv by Yazid Yaakov Nazid. Yaakov cooked the uh, the pot of lentils. So you see that the Kiva Dabar Asha Zado can refer to cooking. That's why he says that it was like to say they got cooked in their own pot. There were three people who were at that time, that um, council of, um, that, that, that council of plans that when they planned to, to destroy the Jewish people, they were in the, uh, you know, we'll call that the, the, the you know, in the, the council like the Nazis had, you know, the famous council. So they had a council also to destroy the Jews. Who were these three? Bilam the of Yisrael. Now, according to some of Farshim, historically, chronologically, it doesn't work out, but that's what the Agoda says is that they were all there. Bilam the of Yisrael. They were all there. Bilam, Shiyats, Bilam, who gave them the idea how to destroy the Jews. Now, he was killed. He was killed when he came to collect, collect his feet. Eov Shashasak Evo's quiet. Didn't be certain got suffered. He got suffered for, for not protesting the destruction of the Jews. Yisro Shabak Yisro ran away. Zachum and Nebanov, he was also that from his descendants, Shiyashwa Vishnagazas, they would sit in the Rishnagazas in the base of Migdash, in the in the um, court, in the Sanhedrin Ragadal, in the court in uh, the base of Migdash, Umishbachosa, suffering from the families of the scribes. Meaning the Tamikham Yoshva Yavits who sat in Yavits, Tarataim, Shmataim, so some of these these are the names. Hemaha Kanim, Abo, Mahmas, Avi, Base Rechab. They were the ones who came through uh, the, fa- the, the father of the house of Rechab, Iksivu, B'nai Kani, Chosin Moshe. Kani was another name for Yisro. You know, we had Yisro, Yisro had seven different names. Some say the old line because he had seven daughters, and after each wedding, he went broke and he had to change his name, you know, a common Jewish custom. But uh, that's what you see over here, that, um, y- that Yisro, who uh, advised, uh, who ran away from that council, didn't want to partake in it, he was, um, so that was his way of protest. He was also that his descendants were, were great from the Chachamim. Notice Eo didn't, um, didn't uh, wasn't involved in giving the idea of destroying Jews, but he was quiet. And that's what they, Barsham say, that just for being quiet, you know, there's some, as, as they say in Yiddish, if it hurts, you got to cry out. You know, you don't just keep your mouth shut. And that's what he was punished for. So what did Paroko say? He said, they're going to, let's pay your bed, pay your bed, there'll be many, right? And they will be added, they will be allied with our enemies and they will fight against us. And they will go up. Or it, the Jewish nation will go up. 
it should say, we will be forced out of our land. We will go into exile. He doesn't want to say the curse on himself. So he says the other ones, you know, uh, like my son should have this, uh, this curse. Again, it's a way of speaking, referring, putting the curse on somebody else, even though he's referring to himself, he didn't want to say the words himself. They were also concerned about right? Even the Paro was afraid of saying something bad about the Egyptians. I see when they place on them taskmasters. Um, so it says, what is it? I see Allah on him. Sorry, Misa. What do you mean on him? Him sounds like an individual. Alayim boy, let's just say they put taskmasters on the Jewish people. They brought a like a um, a frame or a, a mold, a brick mold, a mold that they put a brick in, that they make a brick in. Uh, they hung it on Paro's neck. Whoever said, oh, I'm too delicate, I can't work. You expect me to do hard labor? I, I can't do that. I'm not fit for that. You know, we're, we're tailors, uh, uh, diamond cutters, you know. We don't do this kind of work. Uh, don't you have somebody else? Everyone uh, said, this is any Amalo, are you any more delicate than Paro? You're Funak more than Paro? Um, so what is it? So he himself, you know, he had to wear this, uh, the Paro had to wear the brick mold on his neck to show them, look, even Paro himself is doing work. Sorry, Misim. Um, officers of um, tasks, Davrasham Mesim, Levenim, the person that, that causes them to make the bricks, uh, to make, in other words, it pushes the, the Jews to work. To afflict them in their hard labor. I know some me boy lay. What is Laman again? I know so to afflict him. She again should be to afflict them, the Jews. This Paro had to suffer by schlepping around this mold around his neck on the heart for, to, to encourage to, to force the Jews to do the hard work. And they made these, um, these um, cities for Paro. What does Miskinos mean? Uh, we understand what, what uh, Misim, we just explained, even though it means taskmasters, you can translate it with a shin, force them to do things. But what is, by even Ore Miskinos the Paro? It's Ravashmo again, Machlux Ravashmo, Chanamar, Shemesaknos as Balayim, that endanger their, their, um, their owner. What does that mean? So Rashi in one shot says, because through causing all this work, that endangered the Egyptians because eventually they were killed and they drowned in the in the Red Sea. Uh, that's Shemesaknos. Another Lashon is, as we'll see, uh, that Mesaknos means that that kind of work um, is dangerous. It dangers them. You do, you know, hard labor every day in this country. Another Arab fell from 40 flights and was killed. You know, some uh, a farm worker or somebody was killed. It's a dangerous work doing uh, doing building. The Haramashim Mesaknos is blamed. That impoverishes them. Because it's a tough business, you know, to make a buck in the in building, not always simple. It sounds simple. All of a sudden, interest rates go up and you lost all your profit margin, you know. So that's what happens. It's not so simple. Uh, it impoverishes them. Whoever is involved in construction, mismaskane, right, becomes a miskane, becomes impoverished. As Pisum Ms. Ramsay, so what are the two cities that they built Pitum and Ramsay? Rabbi Shmuel again. The name was Pitum. As they built it, every time they built something, it fell down. Should have bought Italians. What are they bring in Jews to do construction work? But they 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 every every time they built something, it fell down, kept falling down. The Haram Ramsay was really called Ramses. Why is it called Pitom? 
Shorishon Rishon Pitom boat. As it as they built it again, it fell down into the into the depths. It was it kept falling down. So these were tough, it was a tough building proposition there. Um, so as they afflicted the Jews, so he will multiply and so he will become many. What does that mean? Right, you will spread out. Okay, should say he's telling you the story here. As they afflicted them, they did, Jews became many, as we'll see. Uh, they became many. Hashem sort of sent Ruch Kodesh is telling them, they so they will multiply. The more you do, the more you do bad to the Jews, the more they will multiply. won't help you. The more you do, they're going to multiply anyway. Not telling you just the historical fact, but telling you, telling them a lesson. If you if you if you afflict them, if you punish them, they will multiply. And they were grieved, they were upset. The Jews were like thorns. They couldn't figure out how to how to control them because uh, every time they tried to kill them, they just became they multiplied more and more. Um, and they forced they they uh, caused the Jews to work right. They caused them to work befarach. What does befarach mean? So Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer says in Shanese, it doesn't mean we don't we know parach means. Hard labor. He says, Beperach, with a soft voice, meaning they first encouraged them. They told them, listen, uh, you know, come in, it's a nice job. We were going to get it. We're going to get you a nice paycheck. The work isn't so hard. Like they spoke to him nicely. No, it means literally hard labor, as it says. It says they embittered their lives with hard labor, with mortar and brick. Originally was with just with mortar and brick. All work in the field, not just mortar and brick. And then he goes on to say all the work that they caused them to work in hard labor. They caused the men to do the work. They caused the women to do the work of men, which is really difficult. They asked the women to do that kind of labor. And then the men had to do the women's work, sewing, cooking, and things like that. That's how they made their lives even more difficult. Even the one who says, that Rabbi Lozis Prat, that Parach means Perach, they, they encouraged them with nice words to take the job, and eventually they enslaved them, but uh, originally with Perach, here it certainly means hard labor, because it says, they embittered their lives. You don't embitter them with, with, with nice talk. And the, and the reward for the righteous Jewish women in that generation, meaning the generations that they were in, in, in Egypt enslaved, the Jews were, were, um, were uh, redeemed, right? They were redeemed and they were free. What did they do? When the women went to draw water, Right, they had to they had to eat, they had to drink water, so they went to draw water from the river. Hashem prepared for them small fish, small fish. There were a lot of small fish in that water. So when they drew the water, when they drew the water, half was water and half was fish. They were able to get fish. By the way, the Jews were fish dealers. That's how, that's how they made a living. Besides, they how did they get any money there? They were fish dealers. That's what happened. When all the uh, when when the mock of um, 
of uh, dam, right? Right, the dog, they all died. They died. The Jews had the fish, right? And when all the fish died, so then the Jews were selling water, right? <laughs> because because the the the, uh, the 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 guy in the Mitzrayim had no water. Everything that they had, if they had a cup of water, it turned to it turned to blood. So the Jews had to sell them water then. In any case, so the fish, the Jews were fish dealers here. They got half water, half fish when they went to draw the water. They took a pail, half was water, half was fish. Then they set two pots on the stove, one for hot water, one for fish. They cooked fish. And they took out and they took the fish and the water to their husbands out in the field. Uh, where they were working, and they washed them, and they anoint them, and they gave them to eat, and gave them to drink. By the border, by the walls, when there was a wall and there was a private area, they had beer with their husbands. That's how they were able to cohabit with their husbands. If you lay between, means like in the recesses between the borders of the field and the walls. In the schar, in the, the reward for uh, for cohabiting with their husbands uh, at, the, at the walls and the, in the private areas out in the fields, they were Zoha to get the spoils of Egypt. The uh, the wings of the Yona, Israel is compared to a Yona, Yonasi, Tamasi, Yona, Nechba, because of the uh, the wings are are lined with silver, and again, their, their pinions, their wings, the Rakakaras are with uh, yellow gold. That's what they were able to, they, that refers to the spoils that they got from Egypt. Once the Jewish women became pregnant, both of the they would come to their homes and they would uh, stay there during the time that they were pregnant. Once they gave the time, came time for them to give birth, they would go out and give birth in the fields. Underneath the apple tree, I woke you. In other words, I woke you uh, to leave. I just telling the, uh, the the children in the womb under under the tree. I woke you and told you it's time to come out and be born. Hashem would send a messenger from the heavens, Misha Menaker, somebody to clean or and to straighten out the limbs and to do the work of a midwife. Like this midwife, who straightens out, smooths out the baby. And as far as your birth goes, beyond the day you were born, your, your uh, navel wasn't cut. You weren't washed in water to smooth you out. Rashi says, to smooth the you didn't have that. There was no midwife there. Hashem took care of the whole thing. And he would gather for them two like round uh, cakes or stones. And one had full of oil. And one of honey. And he nursed them with uh, with um, honey from the stone. And oil from the, from the stone. Once the Mitzrayim realized that they were giving birth, von Lorgan, they came to kill them. The Naslan Nase and the miracle happened of Lombakarka. The Jews, the Jewish uh, babies were uh, absorbed into the ground. But the, the Egyptians came and they said, okay, they're in the, where are they? 
If they're in the ground, we're going to plow over them. So they plowed over them. My bad, the plowers plowed. Once the Egyptians left, they would sprout forth from under the ground, like, like grass, just in case of a sudden, like the grass of the, of the field. That's what they would happen. In other words, they would hide. Hashem had them hidden under, underground, and they would sprout forth. I've made you fruitful, multiply like the like the um, uh, vegetables and like the growths in the field. The Kivanshim Scotland, once they grew up, once the children grew up, Adarm Adarm they came in flocks to their homes because there were millions of children born this way. Shinemar, Batirbi, and you were, and I made you multiply, particularly, and you grew up, Atavoi, and you came in Badi Adayim, Badi Adayim in ornaments and beauty. I'll talk about Adayim, Elabedri Adarm, read it as put a ration there. Put a couple of races there, right? In, in, in the Adi, put in the race for uh, both in the first word Adi and the second word Adayim, in flocks. When Hashem was revealed on the Yam, as it says, I saw Hashem there at the Red Sea. These babies, these children, recognized God before the elders did. Why? Because they had seen Him before when they were born. This is my God, and I will glorify him. They, the children knew, right? The children who, from, who, who, uh, who Hashem basically gave birth to, Hashem was their midwife, uh, they recognized Hashem there. And the, the Pussy goes on. Hashem, uh, Moshe, uh, the, the king of Egypt, the Paro, you know, as you see the Sukkim, when we talk about Sagat, it goes back and forth. He told the Jewish. Uh, the Jewish midwives. Who were the Jewish midwives? One says it was a woman and her daughter, Ishobita. One says, no, it was a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. The one who says it was a mother and a daughter, Yochavet Miriam. It was Yochavet and her daughter Miriam. We know Yochavet had three children, Miriam, Aaron, and Moshe. One who says it was a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law, Yochavet Elisheva. It was Yochavet, the mother-in-law, and Elisheva, who was married to her son, Aaron. Right? So it was Yochavet. We have a brisa that goes like the idea, the general idea. We know that it was Ishubita, that it was a mother and a daughter. It says Shifra and Pua were the two midwives. Shifra Zu Yochavet. Shifra was Yochavet. It's called Shifra. Shemeshaperes Esavlad. Because she smooths out the baby, right? That's what she did. She was the midwife. Because Israel became fruitful and multiplied. At, in her time, through their through their efforts, who was Miriam? Who was Miriam? She would like you know whisper or you know like uh, talk to the children in a like to the baby in a soft way, like you know pua poo poo poo, like talk to them in a way that they would uh, be willing to come out and took out the baby. She she encouraged the babies to be born that way. She would speak. In Ruach HaKodesh, she had the Holy Spirit in her. Marison, she would say, I see the Imi, my mother in the future, my mother in the future is going to give birth to a son who's going to be the savior of Israel. And the king said to them, the king from Melchizedek, when you give birth, when you, when you, uh, midwife, when you midwife the, the uh, Jewish women, uh, or he sent Allah Noim, and you'll see Allah Noim. What is Avnoim? It's not Avnoim, it's Avnoim. He says, listen, I'll tell you how you can tell when they're about to give birth. When they, when they crouch to give birth, 
their thighs become cold, cold as stone. So when you see the thighs being stone, that's a sign when they're cold, when they're cold, that's a sign they're about to give birth. And as I'm giving you hints to know how to, how to make it easy for you to capture, capture the boy babies, the baby boys, and be able to kill them. Some, some say, it says, the Pesach says, I went down to the house of the potter, he's working alav noyim. What is that noyim? The, the potter, how does he work? He has one thigh on either side of the sadan, which is the wooden block that he works on, that he's holding the, the uh, pottery in his, in, that he's working with. The same way, uh, she has a thigh on either side, and the blood comes out from the middle. That's what he means simply by Allah Noyim as she's giving birth. If he's a boy, but me can also kill him. How can you tell if it's a boy? He says, well, I'll tell you how you can tell right away if it's a boy. You don't even have to look. If it's a boy, his face is downward, the same way that a man has Bia. He's on top and he's facing down. Bas, a girl, at least that's how it was in those days. That's how it was when they were giving birth quickly, that the girl, her face is above the way a girl is in Bia, where she's laying on her back and face up. So that's how you can tell. You don't even have to look. You don't have to wait till the whole baby comes out. Do they say, it's a boy? You know, they wait all the way till it comes out. You could tell if the ba- if the head is facing down or facing up. But the midwives, as we say, Shifra Pua, Yochevet, and Miriam, Feared God, but also they didn't kasher sediber. They didn't do kasher diber alehen, like the king spoke. Alehen sounds like on them. Alehen on them, right? Like or towards them. Lehen mi bud should say kasher diber lehen. What does that mean? Amr Rabbi Yosef Rufchinin and Malamit shetovim levaravera. Paro said, you know, you be good with me, and uh, you can have beer with me. Lehenitro, they didn't want to listen to him at all. But that's alehen, like so to speak, listening kasher diber. He wanted to speak on top of them. He wanted to be with them. Doesn't say that they didn't they didn't let the kids get killed, that they didn't kill them, but rather they added to their life. It could have just said right? That they didn't kill them. Rashi says, they didn't kill them. It says they made them live. What does it mean? Uh they didn't kill them. My Muslim, they supplied them with water and food. They told Paro. When he complained to them, why aren't you killing them? Uh, he said, that the Jewish women aren't like the uh, like the um, uh, like like the like the women. Says What does it mean? And my, what is chayos? Even the chayos doesn't mean because they they themselves are midwives. So what if they're midwives? Even a midwife, if she gives birth, needs another midwife to help to help her give birth, right? Uh, to, to help her give birth. They tell like this. This nation is like a wild animal that doesn't need a midwife. Right? Animals give birth out in the field or in the zoo, wherever they are. They don't need a midwife. They do it on their own. Yehuda says, a baby of the uh, of the lions, a little lion. It's like a serpent. It's like a, like a, like a gazelle. Uh, like a, a, a shlucha, uh, you know, out, sent out in the field. Yisachar Chamargorim uh, is like a uh, hard-boned uh, donkey. Yosef Bechor Shor, he's like the Bechor of, of an ox. Binyamin Zeev Yitraf is like a wolf. Um, so the Sibach the ones that it says specifically uh, each of these, uh, the t- uh, 12 sons, the 12 Shvatim, 
refers to talking about a, a kind of an animal. So it says, obviously, he's a chayi, he doesn't need a midwife. Loksebe, even the ones that it doesn't say specifically that he's uh, compared to some sort of an animal, Sibbe, it says, my imcha lovey ben the entire Knesset Israel is considered like a lioness. Ben Arayus is crouching among the lions. In other words, that uh, all of an Israel is compared to lions and, and, and animals, so they didn't need uh, they didn't need a midwife. That's what, that was what their answer. That's how they gave an excuse: is you're supposed to kill the kids when they're born. They, they're born without a midwife. They just have birth. We don't know where they are. When as they feared God, I asked them, Hashem made for them houses. What does it mean by houses? Again, brought down in Rashi. But the Kuhuna of Olivia. Hashem made the fam houses of Kuhuna Olivia, meaning this is going to be the families of Kuhuna Olivia. Who's where? Of course, Kuhuna is Aaron, Olivia is Moshe. The houses of 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 monarchy, a dynasty of kingdom. That's Aaron and Moshe. David. How is it David? Because Malchus David. Why? But the Malchus David, Nami Mi Miriam Kasi, because even David came from Miriam, even though that's not as well known. Mark tells that's the case. As it says, the Siva Thomas Azuva, Diriam says, she died. Who is Azuva? Ashes Kalev. Azuva was really Miriam. On the next half, it's going to explain that Azuva was Miriam. And he took Ephraim, and David was a son, a son. Of David was was the, was the son of a man Ephrati from Ephrat. Well, wait a minute. It sounds like if you just read the pasuk the way it sounds like is that it's like that Kalev took a different wife. Not as, even if Azu was Miriam, who was Ephrat. The answer is Rashi tells us that she didn't really die. She got Saras, and at Saras, a person of Mitzorah is considered like a mess. And when she got healthy again, Kalev took her back. So Miriam had a name Azuba, and she was also called Ephrat. We'll see why she was called Azuba. She was also called Ephrat. And David came from Ephrat. So therefore, according to you could say that by Aslan Batim that she was Ocha to to uh, to to uh, Malchus because her descendant was David Amela, from which was we have Malchus based David. But Kalev ben Chetzron, Davriam says the Kalev ben Chetzron, Kalev who was Miriam's husband, Kalev ben Chetzron, holy as he gave birth to Azuva. Now again, he gave birth to Azuva. He was married to Azuva. The Gemara is going to ask that right away. But it means he gave birth from Azuva. Ishav es Yerios. Also, it sounds like another wife. No, it's really the same wife. Really, Miriam. The Elu Bene, these are her sons. Yosha Veshove Ardom. Ben Chetzron. So the Gemara Veshove Ardom, period. So it says those three, those are the three, uh, those are the three sons, so to speak, of Miriam and Chalev. But we'll see. It doesn't mean literally those were the sons. The Gemara says Ben Chetzron. Why is he called Chalev Ben Chetzron? Ben Yefuna. We all know Chalev Ben Yefuna. That was, he was called Chalev Ben Yefuna. The answer is, he was really Ben Chetzron, but Ben Shepona Meatsmeraglim. His name was really Ben Kali uh, Ben Chetzron, but he was called Ben Yefuna because he was a son who turned away from the bad advice of the Meraglim. He, of course, Kali Ben Yefuna separated from the other Meraglim and and, uh, and uh, refused to give the bad uh, report about Israel. Bakati Ben Knazu. Even so, they have another post going that he was the son of Knaz, not the son of Chetzron. Ben Knaz Achi So if Asniel was the brother of Kalev, and he was the son of Kanaz, so Kalev was the son of Kanaz too. He was the stepson of Kanaz, right? He had the same mother as Asniel, right? But uh, but uh, after his own father died, his mother married uh, his mother married Kanaz, so Kanaz was the stepfather. Taking on the Sif Haknizi, it says, right? Um, it says Haknizi there, 
and it doesn't say right. And it says there about um, right. It says there in the pasuk he was called Hakanizi. He doesn't say Kalev was the son. It doesn't say Kalev ben Knaz. Knaz raised him because he was a stepfather. Shmamina. Azuba zu Miriam. Azuba's Miriam. Azuba, why is she called Azuba? Shakolazu, everybody left her. Mitchilas. Everybody originally left her because she was she was a sickly woman. Um, as we'll see, she was sickly, nobody wanted to marry her. So Gemara said, so the Pasuk said before that Kolei ben Chetzron holed as Azuba. Sounds like he gave birth to her. Holed? What do you mean he gave birth to her? He married her. He was married to her. As we just said, Kolei was married to her and she had children and her name was also Ephrat and from Ephrat came David. So uh, what do you mean that he gave birth to her? A person who marries a woman L'Shem Shemayim not simply for physical beauty, but because he does it for uh, greater purposes, L'Shem Shemayim. Malavakasa, the Pasuk considers a Kili as if he gave birth to her. Urias, uh, so what does it mean to say that Kolev, okay, he's as if he gave birth to Miriam, his wife, because he married her with L'Shem Shemayim, so it's as if he gave birth to her. And then it says, Vess Urias, what does it mean? Is that another wife? No. Urias, Shepanet, Domini Urias, her face was like curtains, and it was, it was in layers, it wasn't very pretty. Belitoar. Belitoar uh, didn't look like a a reddish face. Uh, she didn't have a pinkish hue. <laughs> she was very yellowish and greenish because of her thing. She looked like uh, she looked like she had layers. She didn't she didn't have a pretty countenance. Bailabana, these were her sons. I'll don't call them her sons. Elabona, those who built her. Ella built her, meaning her husband who married Lashem Shemayim, these were his attributes. Yashar Sheyishar Asatsmo. That he straightened himself away as he stood. He took a he st- stood away from uh, from the Raglam. Kolev did that. Uh, you know, have to wake that guy up. He's sleeping. She Asher she Yesher Asatzmo. He straightened himself out from the from making a mistake and following the Raglam. Shovev Sheshivev Es Yitzro. Again, he turned. He forced his inclination. Right. In other words, he he fought against his evil inclination, which was pushing him to follow the uh, the uh, the, the Eitzah of the Meraglim. Again, he pushed down his Yetzer. He pushed his Yetzer away. He forced himself away not to follow Meraglim. So these were all attributes of her husband, Kalev, and um, and uh, not really her sons. Those weren't the names of her sons. Some say, because his face was like a Vered. That's why it's called Ardon. Ardon is similar to the word Vered. His face was like a rose. That's why he was called Ardon. So these are, according to the Drosha, these are attributes of Kalev, not actually Kalev and Miriam's children. All right, we'll stop here at this at the beginning of this line. Pick up here tomorrow, Mitzvah Have a good day. A good morning to everybody.